Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome back to part two of CT Imaging of Select Topics in Trauma. And I left off last time mentioning vascular injuries, and I think one of the big gains with CT in general, with CT angiography and 3D imaging, is the ability to look at vascular injuries, and that's literally from head to toe. When we look at the pelvis, we're talking about active arterial extravasation, we talk about vessel occlusion, we talk about intimal injury, we talk about pseudoaneurysms, dissections, AV fistula, and venous injury. So there's really a very wide spectrum of possibilities that indeed we can see. I showed you this case at the very end of the last talk. The patient has a large hematoma in the upper aspect of the right groin, and you can see it's very dense, very high density. It's consistent with a bleed, but what's most impressive in this case when you looked at the images was that the patient has early filling more superiorly of the uh, iliac vein and femoral vein up into the IVC and you can see very nicely the superficial femoral artery upward and what you're seeing in this case is you're seeing actually communication between the artery and vein a classic AV fistula beautifully seen and you can see when you get to the right level look at the axial images compare the right side and left side on the left side, you do not see opacification of the vein. On the right side, you do. There's early filling, and also the veins dilated. Just a beautiful example of an AV fistula, and hopefully you can really appreciate it on these images. Therefore, when you look at this list, you really need to be thinking about all of the possibilities. And so timing is critical. Arterial phase imaging is critical. Occasionally, we will go back and get delayed phase imaging. As I mentioned previously, and some of the other different articles have shown, 2D and 3D mapping is critical. Now, in looking at uh, pelvic trauma, article by Aida said, application of MDCT techniques, specifically 64 slice, to pelvic CTA is useful in evaluating for potential vascular injuries and may be integrated into admission trauma imaging in order to triage patients with blunt pelvic trauma and its utility in detecting and characterizing vascular injuries, including arterial and venous hemorrhage. Now, what's important about this article, and no, no great surprise, is this point about triaging. The comments I've made before, think in advance. You know the injury. It's a gunshot wound, a stab wound. You're going to worry about vessels. Just do the CTA from the get-go. We want to decrease radiation dose. These are often younger patients. Well, just design the protocol correctly. Curtis makes the point, pelvic CTA has significant clinical utility in the evaluation of patients with blunt pelvic trauma. The ability to characterize arterial injuries and to differentiate arterial from venous injuries is important for ensuring appropriate and timely treatment. So again, you can see it's a very critical component of what we do. It's an ever-expanding area. Dual energy CT can be used in this area. A good article by Fritz from Hopkins on this topic is coming out of radiographics, but very important to be able to look very carefully at the vessels and dual energy with automated bone removal may speed up the process. Now, another area that's very important in looking at trauma is bowel, and bowel and mesenteric trauma is indeed one of the really good things that CT can do, but it's also one of the most challenging. First of all, only a small percent, less than 5% of patients with severe abdominal trauma actually do have bowel injuries. The problem is, if you don't make the diagnosis early, the rate of morbidity and mortality from peritonitis and sepsis increases very quickly in as short as 8 to 12 hours. The small is involved in over half the cases with proximal jejunum and distal ileum most commonly involved.
A number of different articles, this article by Brothman, making the point that bowel and mesenteric injuries are detected in 5% of blunt abdominal trauma and are the third most common type of injury from blunt trauma to the abdominal organs. He speaks about three basic mechanisms that may cause trauma and mesenteric injuries. Direct force may crush the GI tract. Rapid deceleration may produce shearing forces between fixed and mobile portions of the GI tract. And a sudden increase in intraluminal pressure may result in bursting injuries. So three what sound like very impressive injuries. And he also comments that CT has been shown to be accurate for the diagnosis of bowel and mesenteric injuries and as a test of choice in the evaluation of blunt abdominal trauma in the hemodynamically stable patient. Specific findings of bowel and mesenteric injuries include bowel wall defect, intraperitoneal and mesenteric air, intraperitoneal extraluminal contrast material, extravasation of contrast from mesenteric vessels, and evidence of bowel infarct. So those are a lot of good findings. I will tell you they're often a challenge. Any free air is critical. Any fluid near bowel is critical. So you need to be very, very careful, particularly in the areas that are most commonly involved, which are the proximal jejuna near the ligament of trites and the distal ilium near the ileocecal valve. And that's because in these regions, mobile and fixed portions of the gut are continuous and therefore are most susceptible to the shearing forces. So again, think about that near, near the um, ligament of trites and terminal ilium. Now what can you see? There are many different findings in bowel and mesenteric trauma. You can see transection of the bowel with focal discontinuity. That's pretty uncommon. You can see extraluminal oral contrast material. We typically are giving water as a contrast agent or nothing, so that's not going to help much. Pneumoperitoneum is a good sign of something going on, but not very specific. Hematoma in bowel wall and mesentery can be very valuable. Peritoneal extravasation of IV contrast enhanced blood. You can see the site and location of bleeding and bowel wall thickening with or without abnormal enhancement is very important. We're looking for changes in the bowel, whether it's increased or decreased enhancement, whether it's mass effect, anything changing the bowel pattern. You can see pneumoperitoneum, but I do like always to mention that there are many causes beyond bowel perforation for pneumoperitoneum in the trauma patient. Intraperitoneal rupture of the bladder with the Foley catheter, massive pneumothorax, barotrauma, peritoneal lavage, or benign pneumoperitoneum. So you want to be careful. You really want to be thinking about bowel perforation, but it's not path pneumonic. Now, we mentioned bowel wall trauma. Focal bowel wall thickening, especially when associated with fluid in the adjacent mesentery, is an important finding in trauma. You also may see diffuse wall thickening, but that may be due to a hypoperfusion state rather than to any direct bowel injury, the so-called findings in shock bowel. Remember, we spoke about the adrenal gland, we spoke about the kidneys, spoke about the pancreas. And mesenteric injuries can occur without bowel injury and can include active bleeding or injury to the mesenteric vessels. And this is common in injuries with rapid acceleration and deceleration. So let's look at a couple examples. Here's a wonderful example. Look at the duodenum from the second portion through the fourth portion into the proximal jejunum. You see how dilated it is? There's something in the wall. Look at these images, both on the axial and coronal. This patient has a large hematoma in the wall of the duodenum. It's a very common location. It causes mass effect. It can simulate a tumor, but also um, is one of the causes of bowel obstruction. It's important to recognize these patients are often treated conservatively. Sometimes this patient will need surgery. Very, very nice example.
and you can see the obstructive processes. You can imagine this patient needs an NG tube, the patient's gonna have gastric outlet obstruction because of this hematoma within the wall of the small bowel. Sometimes these lesions are very focal, sometimes they are extensive, as in this case. So just a beautiful example of intramural hematoma with a duodenum. Now another area I want to touch on in the pancre is pancreatic trauma. And pancreatic trauma is something, again, we tend to not think about all that commonly. It doesn't happen as frequently as one would expect. And when it does happen, the neck and body are the most common sites of injury. You can classify injuries as contusion, laceration, or transection, with contusion being the most common. Injury to the pancreatic duct is the, what's associated with the most severe injuries. Article by Soto. The injured pancreas may appear normal on CT images, particularly in the first 12 hours post-injury. If the admission CT shows a normal pancreas but pain develops subsequently, even up to 48 hours, you might consider doing another CT to look for pancreatic injury. So pancreatic injury is very hard, particularly small lacerations. Now sometimes you see more impressive injuries, like a pseudocyst. In this case, post-trauma, well, that's easy. You see, as you look at these images, there's a pseudocyst, there's dilatation of the pancreatic duct. You can go through a differential differential diagnosis of pancreatic cystic lesions, but in the post-trauma patient, a uh, pseudocyst post-trauma is indeed a very nice diagnosis. Now, I mentioned also things like bleeding and relationship to bowel before. Um, often, it's associated in patients who do get injuries to the pancreas as well. Pancreas and bowel injuries tend to go hand in hand. Here's a great example of a patient who had uh, suspected pancreatic injury, elevated amylase, but look in the pelvis. Look at that large active bleed present. There are tears of vessels at a sigmoid colon with active bleed present. Just a beautiful example showing you the extent of bleed in the pelvis. And then here it is on the 3D map. So just a very nice example of active extravasation. This is the importance, again, of CT angiography that allows you to pick up this. And here's just a couple more images making the point. So you can see that we look at a combination of things. What's very important in terms of injury is to recognize that if you see one injury, you see bowel injury, that's great, but you better look harder. Maybe there's liver and spleen. Maybe there's um, pancreas. You've got to keep looking. Now, in terms of bowel injury, typically we think about small bowel, but you also can think about large bowel. This is a patient who was shot, and you can see the active bleed in the patient's rectum. So again, it's uncommon, but active bleeding, the role of IV contrast, the fast acquisitions are indeed critical in that application as well. So hopefully I've showed you, as this quote from before, MDCT offers unprecedented imaging capabilities that can be readily applied for optimal evaluation of the polytrauma patient. However, to maximize the diagnostic potential, you really have to optimize the exam protocols for each patient, but also within your center. You need to know how you're going to handle the data, when you're doing single energy, when you're doing dual energy, who's going to process the data, when's it going to be read, and these decisions often need to be made very quickly, so you need to have basic pathways in place. So with that, I'll stop there, and thank you for your attention, and see you next time.